Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning. Can I say happy Friday to everybody? It's the end of kind of a volatile week in the markets, and uh, volatility continues. Uh, stocks higher this morning. Uh, Verizon, planning to make a first-round bid for Yahoo's web businesses next week, also says, according to people familiar with the matter, it's uh, willing to take on Yahoo Japan. Google also considering business, uh, bidding, according to uh, another person, uh, the first-round bid's are coming in. Unicredit's CEO says they are intensively working in Europe on a solution that would see private investors participating in a fund aimed at recapitalizing troubled lenders in Europe. That's giving a bid to financials. Did you see Batman versus Superman? Um, John Tucker, you. Uh, I was not dragged to that. You were not dragged to that. No, not a lot of people have been. It's the number one movie for the last couple of weeks, expected to be again this week, but uh, according to uh, SNL Kagan analyst, it is not likely to make more money than the Superman, uh, uh, Man of Steel movie, Superman Alone. Who wins? Um, I don't know. Can you give that away? No. But no, no spoiler alert here. We'll, uh, we'll turn it over to Michael Barr to get the latest world and national headlines instead of doing movie spoilers. Thank you very much, Mike. Pope Francis says the church must no longer sit in judgment and throw stones against those who fail to live up to the church's teachings about marriage and family life. Pope Francis has released a document in which he says that individual conscience should be the guiding principle for Catholics. The Pope says that even applies when talking about contraception. Secretary of State John Kerry made a surprise visit to Baghdad today. Kerry met with Iraq's prime minister to talk about stabilizing the region and the fight against the Islamic State. You and I have been working on a lot of different issues uh, for the last few years, so it's good to come and be able to visit. Republican National Committee Chairman Reince Priebus says he trusts that Donald Trump will not violate a loyalty pledge to support the eventual presidential nominee of the party. Trump indicated recently he may not support the nominee if it's not him. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike? Thank you, Michael. Time now for the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update with John Stashauer. All right, Mike. Jordan Spieth went to the Masters last year. Red Hot continued to play that way, a wire-to-wire victory. This year he has struggled a bit, but not yesterday. Bogey-free, 6-under, 66, and he leads by two over Danny Lee and Shane Lowry, Justin Rose, Sergio Garcia, three shots behind. Rory McIlroy trails by four, Phil Mickelson by five. So does world number one Jason Day, who was 5-under on the front nine yesterday and then had a triple bogey six on the par three 16 pole round two of the masters 415 today on bloomberg 1130 live from augusta long rivalry between the rangers and islanders never have the isles won every game in a season series they did this year scoring three times in the last eight minutes of the second period a 4-1 victory at the garden at the stadium yankees scored half the runs they had the night before still plenty enough 8-5 over houston on mark to share tie-breaking Three-run homer in the seventh inning. Brian McCann also homered. So did the red-hot Starlin Castro. Already his third of the year. He's batting 583 with eight RBIs. Yanks in Detroit today. And the Mets home opener today against the Phillies. With the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update, I'm John Stashauer. Thank you, John. Did you see the Masters? Were you watching the Masters, Bob Moon, at all? Did you see Ernie Els? No, I'm afraid I missed First hole, a 10. 
uh, six putts. Uh, I could do that. Yeah. I mean, as a matter of fact, I regularly do that. <laughs> this is Bloomberg Radio Worldwide. I'm Michael McKee with Tom Keene. Welcome back to Bloomberg Surveillance. It is a uh, another volatile day on Wall Street and in the city and trading houses around the world. After a down day yesterday, stocks are higher. The stock 600 up by three points now, eight-tenths of a percent. S&P E-mini futures up by 11, half a percent. And Dow futures up 78 points right now, about four Tense. Time now for the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, investing more than $110 million a year in applied research to solve problems and improve life. Learn more at storiesofinnovation.njit.edu. Here's Bob Moon. Michael, good morning. Here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. You can never have enough space, even in space. An unmanned SpaceX Falcon rocket is set to launch from Cape Canaveral, Florida, late this afternoon, carrying more space for the International Space Station, specifically a soft-sided room that astronauts plan to attach to the outside of the space station and inflate to the size of a small office. The blow-up cube is supposed to stay there for two years, with astronauts occasionally ducking in. It's a demonstration of technology backed by Bigelow Aerospace, meant for moon bases and Mars expeditions, as well as orbiting outposts catering to scientists and tourists. FBI Director James Comey revealed in a speech that the Bureau paid for the tool it used to break into a dead terrorist's iPhone. He also said the FBI is considering whether to tell Apple how it was done. And Facebook is working to combat a decline in people sharing original personal content, according to people familiar with the matter. That, of course, is the fuel that helps power the money machine at the heart of its social network. While Facebook says overall sharing remains strong, it seems 1.6 billion users are posting more news and information from other websites. People have been less willing to post updates about their lives as their lists of friends grow over time, mindful that their offerings may not be relevant to all their connections. That's this morning's Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. And, John Tucker, you can still keep posting pictures of your dog, Biscuit. That'll be fine. Oh, sure. <laughs> That's why we all sign up, right? Um, anyway, uh, so uh, we were talking just a few moments ago about Nariana Kocher-Lakota, the Bloomberg View uh, columnist now. He used to be the president of the Minneapolis Fed, got a better job working for us. He writes for Bloomberg View, the occasional column. He's now a professor at the University of Rochester. This morning saying the Federal Reserve should cut, cut rates immediately. Uh, He notes that uh, unemployment is uh, not low enough. I mean, there are still people, uh, particularly in their prime working ages, who are uh, not getting jobs or getting only part-time jobs. And he notes the drop in inflation expectations. He suggests we're not getting to the inflation that we need. Chris Lowe is the chief economist at FTN Financial. And, uh, Chris, the question that comes to my mind when I see uh, Professor Kochilakota's uh, piece today is to what end uh, does monetary policy does cutting rates anymore now if they went back to zero they did additional QE is that going to help on either count or have we gotten kind of the limits of what monetary policy can do you know funny you should ask that question people are certainly starting to think about that uh, first off 
Wow. Uh, you know, here we are a quarter point off the bottom, and it's time to, to, to roll it back. Uh, we still have decent job growth. We have, at least until this quarter, had decent economic growth. Last year was 2% or so. This year, everybody thinks is 2 So, you know, for starters, do we, do we need monetary stimulus? That's, I think, the first question to ask. But on the effectiveness of stimulus, Certainly, we know there's limits, right? Uh, you look at the Japanese economy, which is an absolute mess. Look at what they've done. Uh, you know, negative interest rates, QE to the point where it's sort of questionable whether there's anything Three left to Three times the buy. size of their GDP. Yeah. Uh, and and the, the economy hasn't responded to the latest round. So... Uh, yeah, th- there is a limit. There clearly is a limit. And you've even got guys like James Bullard suggesting, uh, and, and, and this is an idea that, of course, popped up outside the Fed first, but maybe if we set rates really, really low and keep them really, really low for a long time, we actually deter credit. Because, you know, at the Fed, we always think about credit in terms of demand. But maybe we need to think about supply. You know, who wants to lend for no return? Is that uh, the biggest concern that you would have right now? Are we at a point where we don't have enough willingness to lend, or is there still a deficiency of supply? Uh, We're not yet at the point where there's no willingness to lend, and and we, we know that because market interest rates are so ridiculously low around the world. But uh it's very sort of choosy where it's going. And so what you see is that someone who, who maybe doesn't need a loan, has perfect credit, has plenty of cra- of cash, they can, they can get something. Um, but then those who are a little bit riskier cannot. And, and uh, certainly lenders are not taking risks that were absolutely standard in prior cycles. Uh, on, on top of that, too, uh, People are thinking twice about about borrowing because, of course, returns aren't very good because interest rates are so low. All right, let's come back with Chris Lowe. He's chief economist at FTN Financial, and we'll talk to him a, a little bit more about uh, Coach Lakota's request that the Fed lower interest rates right now. And last night's Meet the Fetals, <laughs> the four Fed chairs. Did you see the uh, picture of the, the the poster advertising their appearance? looked a lot like the cover of Meet the Beatles, for those of you old enough to have bought that record album when it first came out. I'm talking to you, John Tucker. Was that a group? (laughs) This is Bloomberg Radio. Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by Untuck It. Think your shirt is too long to wear? Untucked it probably is. Untuck It has solved this, making shirts designed to be worn untucked. Visit UntuckIt.com and use the code WBBR for 15% off to improve your wardrobe. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update is brought to you by Sector Spider ETFs. Why buy a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector? Visit SectorSPDRS.com or call 1-866-SECTOR-ETF. 
Former International Monetary Fund Chief Economist Olivier Blanchard said central banks should focus on quantitative easing rather than rate cuts if more stimulus is needed to boost their economies. They probably work, although it's a bit early to say. I think it basically interferes with the business model of banks in ways which are very complex. So or even if they do something on the macro side, I much prefer kind of more what, what I now would now call regular QE. Blanchard spoke to Bloomberg's Tom Keane and Francine Lacroix on Bloomberg Television this morning, describing the economic outlook as not exciting. He said that global demand is weak and growth is sluggish, and this may be the case for some time. Futures are higher this morning. S&P E-mini futures up 12 points. Dow E-mini futures up 91. NASDAQ E-mini futures up 28. The DAX in Germany is up 1.2%. Ten-year Treasury down 8.30 seconds. The yield 1.71%. Nymex crude oil up 4% or $1.48 to 38.7%. A barrel. Comex gold is down a tenth of a percent or a dollar seventy to twelve thirty five eighty an ounce. And the euro a dollar thirteen sixty four. The yen one oh eight point six eight. That's a Bloomberg business flash. Tom and Mike. Karen Wasco, thank you very much. We're talking with Chris Lowe. He's the chief economist at FTN Financial. Did you watch uh, um, uh, the Beatles last night? The, the Meet the Beatles <laughs> reunion of the four Fed chiefs? I did not watch it. I, I did read about it this morning. Uh, saw the quotes, read the transcript. Uh, Listen to the replay uh, on the little AM radio. You know, no, no, the exactly, exactly. AM radio. Uh, they were all asked, uh, starting, uh, Fareed Zakaria just jumped right in, uh, starting with uh, Janet Yellen, uh, you know, are we on the verge of recession? The politicians all say that things are really terrible here. Um, so I'll put the question to somebody who does this for a living. Are we on the verge of recession? Things are really terrible here, uh, Mike, to, just to, to parrot it back to you. Uh, I, I put it this way. This year, probably not. Uh, odds of recession in the next two years, 50%. Odds of recession in the next three years, probably getting up towards 65, 70%. Uh, you know, the biggest red flag not mentioned yesterday. I, I mean, I love this. Recessions don't die of old age stuff. Yeah, Ben Bernanke said that. But corporate profit expansions apparently do. And corporate profits in the U.S. stopped growing a year and a half ago. Um, the reason that matters is that, uh, you know, when, when profits start to drop, and this quarter, is, as you know, is going to be pretty ugly, too. When profits start to drop, margins are squeezed, companies start looking for ways to save. Um, you know, you've got to give something back to shareholders. And the first thing that goes is investment. Business investment fell last quarter. Uh, the next thing that goes is employment. Companies start to look for ways to save there, too. And, look, I, I think uh, l when you look at uh, retail employment, particularly in the first quarter, there are already <clears throat> signs of strain. Okay. Albert Edwards, yesterday in Sakchin, who's always gloomy. He, has, he was optimistic like 18 years ago. Yeah. He puts out a thing on, you know, the slowdown of the American economy. To a person, we have people assuming that the first quarter lethargy is a one-off. And that somehow we improve through the year. Right. As James Why? Bullard said, uh, the Why? first quarter is always weak. I, I don't have an opinion here, but state the optimism that we get back to 2.x percent GDP. Well, okay. Start with the fact that there, there is this crazy mystery. You, you know, it's not just that the last three years' first quarter was weak, but 
going back for decades. It's weak more often than not, and the BEA, they don't know why. So there may be a seasonal adjustment problem. But uh, look, I, I think this this one sort of smells a little different, and and that's because. We, we don't have the profits growth that gave us optimism last time. We don't have, in fact, uh, accelerating consumption. Consumption has been slowing down, Tom, for six months. Car sales peaked six months ago. They're down 20 percent. Uh, you know, I, I think there are ample reasons to be a, at least a little nervous about what's going on. And, and I would even add to that that the uh, the, the great American bull market, uh, you know, we just celebrated the seventh anniversary. But, in fact, the peak in the cycle so far was also last summer. Uh, stocks have yet to regain that, that high. What do you do then? What would the Fed do? Uh we, we talked before the break, a, a 25-point basis cut, as Coach Lakota is calling for, isn't going to turn around any corporate investment. No, I, I think the Fed is doing exactly what they should do. Uh, we, we, we know credit is, is growing in the U.S. It's not growing very fast, but it's growing, which, by the way, sets us apart from Europe and Japan, where credit is contracting at a double-digit rate. Uh, it, it, in, in addition, we know credit is, is actually accelerating, which sets us apart from China, where it's stronger but coming down. Uh, so you don't necessarily have to ease. Uh, what you do is you slow the pace of tightening, and that is exactly what Yellen and the Fed have done. They've signaled a more gradual, gradual uh, – you know, they're getting a lot of heat for, for this sort of international focus they've taken – but if you step back and think about it rationally, I, I think they've done exactly the right thing. Just slow it down. Yeah, but what do they do if we get to the to, to uh, you know an imminent recession or get into a contraction? Uh, lowering the dots on the dot plot isn't going to change it. Well, then mind. then you have to look at the fiscal side and uh, it, it look. It's it's not just necessarily uh, spending or tax cuts, which. I, I would say politically are impossible on both ends, right? Because Congress isn't going to allow uh, spending stimulus, and the White House isn't certainly going to sign off on tax cuts. Uh, but there's always regulation. Uh, you know, the, the, the one thing no one in Washington is willing to say is that regulation costs in terms of economic growth. Uh, the president has a pretty aggressive re- uh, 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 agenda of regulation he'd like to Actually, get in place before this summer. They could slow that down. You're one of the great straight talkers that come in this room. Are you telling me that if we got rid of 80 percent of the regulation, we get back to a Jeffy Melt friendly 3.2 no, 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 GDP? Tom, I'm, I'm not even suggesting you need to get rid of regulation. Just slow the pace of putting it on. And. The, the, the reason is that while some of these regulatory changes probably are neutral in terms of economic right. effect, it slows down business decision-making. If you know some looming right. changes looming, uh, that okay. then boards freeze up, investment stops, I, and hiring I, I, I saw him on the street the other day. I tried to cross the street to avoid him, Mike, but I couldn't. There was Dan Elpert of his wonderful book, The Age of Oversupply. Okay, is that all this is about? Is there's just too much after the crisis and we're unwinding our oversupply? Maybe we're unwinding our overinvestment and we're certainly unwinding our over debt. I mean, is that really what we're talking about on a Friday it's, in April? It's, it's a very big part of what we're talking about, absolutely. I would suggest more than regulation. 
but maybe I'm wrong. No, no. It, well, except that, it, look, it's outside our reach because the, the, the big slowdown is in China. And, and we are not going to save the Chinese economy. We're not going to turn it around from, from here in the U.S. Uh, so, and, and by the way, we're not going to soak up the, the enormous supply of commodities that was going into China. We, we just don't need that kind of uh, – the rest of the world doesn't need that kind of investment. And I'll, I'll give you just one example, Tom. Uh, a, a friend who is in the shipping business uh, leases these enormous freighters, the Panamax mm-hmm. freighters, uh, was getting $250,000 a day on those ships it's now 3,000. Um, there's just way too many of them, and, of course, they were all built to carry stuff into China that, that isn't, isn't going so, to China. So anymore. let me come, if I could squeeze this in, Mike. I mean, I, yeah. Chris, you've got to come back like every other day. The, the bottom line is, can we do an analysis of the American economy and take out net exports? Because there's a whole rationalization that things are pretty good, but can you take out the but, witness your – Ocean liner, whatever it is, quote you just gave us. Yeah, look, uh, take out net exports, and what you're left with is looking backward, 2% growth. The question is, is it 2% growth going forward? And what, what I'm particularly concerned about is, is uh, first off, business fixed investment, which was negative last quarter. Uh, right now, Wall Street is predicting that's going to rebound in no time. And, and actually, we're going to have stronger business fixed investment this year than last. I'm skeptical because we don't have earnings growth. The second piece is consumption. Uh, and that one, I'll, I'll admit, is an absolute mystery. You've got stronger uh, employment, right? We had really good employment growth last year. You have strong income growth. But you've got this rising savings rate, which is the kind of behavior you normally see when people are scared. And and I think, frankly, that would go, Mike Makita, what Olivier Blanchard said today about negative rates, and that you do all these great distortions and this great economics and this new stuff we're doing, and we really don't know the real economic effects. Right. One of which is people go, I think I'll save more. Look, uh, I, I tell you what, I think we sort of won the cosmic lottery on that one, thank goodness. Negative rates were experimented with somewhere else before we decided to try them here. I I think they're an absolute disaster. Chris Lowe, thank you so much, FTN. Never enough time. Uh, Let's go out with uh, Meet the Bankers. 